intro the thing and talk about stuff totally okay listeners you are listening to chewing the scenery horror movie podcast we are a podcast where we friends get together and talk about horror movies which we will spoil we first talk about recently watched which we try not to spoil and we thank the moon rays for giving us that song intro creature features at the top of the show you can find the music on Amazon or Apple Music, where you could buy it digitally, and say hello to them on Facebook, where they are the Moon Dash Rays. And we are not professional critics; we're just your hosts. I'm Richard. I'm here with Ziggy. Hello. Jolian. Hello. And Will. Good morning. So, um, and there's some small dogs running around. You might hear them wrestling, or if someone shows up, you'll hear them bark. So, uh, it's better to just let that run its course. We're not going to try and be like shh, 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 because that. It won't work. <laughs> Will it? No. I was thinking with the... Uh, it would be a really different movie if it was dog people. That would be a very a different louder. movie. Yeah, if, if you like being followed down a dark street by a dog, it'd be... Oh, he's a little doggy. Yeah. Like, cats always stalk. It's so weird. Jolien's microphone is like spinning. doesn't like me. Here, let's see. Now, I can cut that part out, but... But you want. I do sometimes. I actually do sometimes. Like, coughs, sneezes, uh, the occasional stammering. You know, like if anyone goes full Hugh Grant. Just cut that part out. Did, did you, you didn't hear that episode, did you, where we were talking about Hugh Grant? Um, I don't think so. Oh, well. I I'll re- check it out. sure she listens to all the episodes religiously. I do. <laughs> I'm certain of that. As she, as she gazes at her uh, Hugh Grant posters on the wall. Yes. Yeah. The one where he's wearing the cashmere sweater is just outstanding. Um, I refer- nothing else? I re- yes. <laughs> <laughs> just a cashmere sweater tied in a knot. Oh, No man. pants. It's <laughs> just, just a little too <laughs> short. <laughs> he just has it wrapped around his head. No, I, re- I referred to him as a stammering dork, and then uh, I think we decided that would be a good name for a British pub. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Or yeah. English pub. We would we would say English pub, wouldn't we? You can if you like. Could, sure. If we said that's not <laughs> go ahead, bad go as far it. as I know. Did they get rid of that with Brexit? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think we're getting rid of the whole country with Brexit. Oh, man, they shot themselves in the foot. Oh, yeah. my God. Yeah. If there was ever a, I couldn't believe leopards would eat my face, but I voted for them kind of instance. Yeah. Oh, I'm so sorry. (laughs) Who wants to start the recently watched? I'll do it because I missed a bunch last week and I'm ashamed. Okay. Uh, Here we go. I watched, um, now I won't remember any of them. (laughs) That's what happens to me every time. No, I watched a movie called The Voyeurs, which is uh, something Amazon picked up. That's a new one, right? Like yeah. Just came out. Just came out. Um, 
pretty good. Um, it does, for you, Ziggy, have a woman seeking revenge. We love that. Good for her. Unfortunately, there is an injury to the to an eye. Oh, Jesus. Or eyes. That's all I'm going to say. It's is pretty it, good. Is it, it done with a severed finger? Ooh, <laughs> that's that would have been good. <laughs> that's Ziggy's favorite. Cut off a finger and jam it in an eye. Mm. Cruel. Yeah. So, uh, it was pretty good. Um, not great, but a good B-movie, maybe. Um, then we want, I watched, uh, I can't believe I forgot this. Although, honestly, it's not hard. I watched the Many Saints of Newark. The Sopranos prequel movie. Um, How was that? If you were disappointed by the screen going black... <laughs> you would love for that to happen in this movie. Blame me. <laughs> uh, it's not bad. It's just really unfocused okay. and just kind of drifts along and then ends. Does the shitty wrap up of a series really. I mean, I understand it's like you wanted a more satisfying ending, but does it really ruin the whole series for you? Are you okay with it? N- n- not not The Sopranos. Yeah, I right. love the ending of The Sopranos. Okay. <laughs> I want to go on record for saying that that was the best ending Due to other people's misery. have on a TV show. Uh, because David Chase never gives his audience what they want, and that's why he's a brilliant writer. Well, when, uh, was it Polly's head got run over by that SUV? Was it Polly? No. No, it was, was uh, it was the other guy. Leotardo, whatever his name was. Yeah. Phil Leotardo that's got his, his head run over. Quit laughing, Ziggy. That's his name. <laughs> it's lovely. I can't believe I'm able to remember that character. I haven't watched that show since it went off. Man, the Foley artist did a great job on that, mm. that SUV crushing a head. Oh, oh man. man. He was already dead by the time it crushed him. Um, I think. Well. <laughs> Debatable. <laughs> Does it matter? Because he certainly wasn't alive afterwards. <laughs> That's true. Uh, he gets shot, falls down, and his vehicle, which was in, in neutral or in gear, runs over his own head. Pretty neat. Classy, yeah. Yeah. Classy, yeah. A lot of horror movies, you know, would want that, in, but no. It's in a series. Um, then I watched a series, and I really can't believe I forgot to mention this last week, but we watched, uh, Lula Rich, which is... About LuLaRoe? Yes. And how is it? It's insane. You have to watch it. Yeah. Um, not only are they a crazy cult, they somehow were trying to sell the ugliest clothes ever. Um, it's just, it's unbelievable. So, (laughs) there's a fly in the studio. I can hear. So it was like, it was like Texas Chainsaw Massacre (laughs) sound effects. I heard it, I was looking down, I was like, what the fuck's that? What is that? It's on that one, so it's like... Oh, there he is. So the people... (laughs) They, them. Um, Help me. So uh, the people who are into LuLaRoe clothes are like, the leggings are buttery. Buttery? Did they mention this in the documentary at all? The word buttery? 
Uh, no, but and they do talk about a lot of moldy clothes. Moldy? Oh, no. Yes. Um, Let me guess. Made in the third world country where there's a lot of humidity and then put in storage for too long. Yeah, you got it. Also, left outside, so the uh, the fabric that was, you know, exposed to the sunlight uh, is faded. And you get a big sticker over the shirt. And, you know, the edges are all faded. You're going to have faded on the fold. Uh, a lot of moldy things. A lot of wet clothes were delivered. Hmm. Uh, Why would you watch this show about moldy clothes? Fascinating. It was a, a pyramid scheme by these people that you cannot believe Oh, so it's, a, it's about a... Yeah, and they would get people involved, housewives, involved in selling uh-huh. their clothes, but hey, actually they're selling membership to sell their clothes. So you uh, right, right, right. getting people below you, that's how you make actual money. And some people were making crazy money, like 50 grand a month, you know. Hmm. Um, and the clothes aren't the product. No, you're the product. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, over time you, they just slowly reveal how like crazy they are and just, they, uh, oh yeah, just take advantage of people. That's crazy. I don't know why anyone wants to do that. Yeah. If you have to pay to get a job. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You probably shouldn't. No. (laughs) It's not a good idea. No. It's always something going on with that. Stop. And do that scheme instead, yes. where you have people pay you for a job. <laughs> yeah, that's a much better idea. So uh, that does it for me, other than some... Oh, you also took time out to uh, to write Halloween Ends. Oh, yes. Yeah, we, t- we talked about that in the car on the way over here. Yes, I think that Halloween Ends, the next Halloween movie, since Halloween Kills just came out, um, There's going to be another one? I thought Halloween Kills was it. No, no oh, they're going to have Halloween Ends. I think it should be a remake of Halloween 3. <laughs> I think they shouldn't let on to that, though. Don't let anyone know that they're making that. Yeah. In the opening scene, we'll have Michael Myers' head explode into snakes. Now, we we were talking about this in the car. Um my idea was that he enters a house that he thinks has some of the um, the Strode family that he needs to kill. Yeah, right. he checks it. Checks his phone. Yeah, okay. yeah. He's, so he's in he's in this house and uh, he's checking rooms and thinking he's going to get the drop on somebody and then uh, turns and there's a television on and all of a sudden, the commercials on. Camera pans around behind his mask. And <laughs> Did you get it? <laughs> Trying to get the fly. Yeah. That was a good sound. Um, yeah, it was a, that was a good sound effect. Oh, there he is. Um, oh. It's, it's on the mic stand right it's there. It's on this mic stand right there. Nope. Oh, Jesus. Oh, man. Jesus. You know, we have one of those electric tennis rackets at work that... <laughs> I don't know if people want to hear that kind of cruelty on our show. So the camera pans around behind Michael Myers' head, and you see the silver shamrock badge on the back of the mask. 
and it activates, and his head turns into snakes. So that that was my contribution. I've only seen the first Halloween, and then the most recent one besides Halloween Kills. Oh, okay, so, so spoilers oh, for wow. Halloween 3. No clue. <laughs> yeah. Okay, snakes. Okay, snakes, yes. You'll you'll see. Yep. Bugs, too. There's, there's bugs. Bugs are cool. Probably some slime. Slime's all right. Yeah, yeah, there's some slime. Oh, you're going to be really impressed with Halloween 3. I want you to picture me at whatever age I was okay. going into the movie theater going, Yeah, another Halloween movie! What the fuck is this? <laughs> All right. Okay, so then what happens? We got heads. That's, that's, all, that's all we got so far. Well, once his head turns into snakes, then it just goes into... Well, we get the credits. Well, then we get then you credits. find that the Halloween, that the Haddonfield Mask Factory is run by druids, and oh, all, yes. the, all the workers are leprechauns. Are leprechauns. Yes. I like this. This is yeah. good. This is good. Uh, maybe we could get some backstory on the leprechauns? No, I think we make a ham-fisted moral story about capitalism somehow. Oh, yeah. Subjugating... Uh, uh, workers. Yeah, they're not allowed yeah. to go to the toilet, and yeah, yeah. All you see of them is their poor little hands reaching up over the conveyor belt, making masks. Yeah, I like this. Running back and forth like Amazon workers. Yeah. Just see the the top of their pointy green hands. Yes. Oh, is is that it for your recently watched? That's your, it for me. And your fantasy remake. <laughs> um. Jolien, you want to go next? Ziggy, uh, either of you? I just wanted to mention uh, I've got the uh, new Stephen Graham Jones novel, My Heart is a Chainsaw. Um, I've had it for about three days and I'm halfway through it. Oh, it's man. really good. Uh, so it's about this, uh, this uh, 17-year-old woman in this small town in Idaho. She's by this lake. There were some murders at a camp by the lake. And across the lake from her, these rich people are putting up their uh, you know luxury homes. Um, and uh, she's almost graduated from high school, and she loves slasher movies. Awesome. Um, but the tension is, is there a slasher thing about to happen? Is she just fantasizing about a slasher thing about to happen? Is she the slasher that's about to happen? Oh, interesting. Um, there's, there's a lot of stuff going on in it. Uh, it's not just like a hardcore slasher stuff. Um going on although all the chapters are named after slasher movies and now that's really cool does it indicate what part of idaho this is i mean there's, there's a lake but uh it's the well, rural part <laughs> rural part also known as the uh what do they call it the idaho the idaho yeah. yes uh the, the, idaho the lake they call indian lake although it's started out as glen lake but the locals always call it indian lake Hmm, this makes me wonder how much he knows about that region, because I know he spent a lot of time in Montana, which is not far from Idaho, mm -hmm. and I I spent some years there growing up. And she finds out that she's Blackfeet, which mm. he is, which right. Stephen Graham Jones is. Yeah. Um, although the, the local ones, like geographically, are, I think that's just shown. Yeah. But... Uh, You've got a few tribes that are. You've got um, uh, Nez Perce and uh, Spokane Indians and mm -hmm. uh, yeah, Spokane tribe. I don't know if we. Uh, although the uh, Native Americans do refer to themselves as Indians, I don't know if it's okay to say that word much unless no. you're talking about people from India. Right. It's weird. Wouldn't it be ironic if the lake was named after Indians from? India. The subcontinent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it would be. Who just happened to have the last name Glenn. 
Yeah. Mm. <laughs> that would be interesting. But uh, anyway, um, very good. My Heart is a Chainsaw, Stephen Graham Jones. We should get him back on the show. Definitely. So, um, recently watched? What have you watched? Uh, I'm continuing my mummy-thon. Oh, oh yeah. Uh, although we suddenly fostered a dog last night, which kind of put a crimp in it. But um, I shall continue. Not yeah. a mummy dog, was it? <laughs> no. Uh, it's a, uh, Emily says it's a Shih Tzu mix, but it's got a lot of Marty Feldman in it. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, it's, a, it's a bulldog Shih Tzu mix. <laughs> Uh, so uh, almost finished the 60s lot of mummy movies Uh, so when you get into the 70s it's almost all of it is Mexican oh yeah Aztec mummies and yeah Guadalajara mummies and yeah um, yeah fun stuff I've I've never seen a Blue Demon film I didn't like (laughs) do you watch many uh, Mexican wrestling movies horror movies I don't think I've seen any I recommend them Okay. Yeah, anything Blue Demon in it, recommend okay. it. Um, but yeah, they're they're all fun. So we watched. Uh, so Hammer made four of them. We so we've gotten through the first three of them now. Hmm. So the, the Mummy, which is classic, probably the, one of the best Mummy movies ever. Yeah. And then um, uh, Curse of the Mummy's Tomb, which is <laughs> it's got its moments, got its moments. And then um, the Mummy Shroud. Yeah. And then the next one is Blood from the Mummy's Tomb. Mm-hmm. Which I now have a copy of. Yes. Blood from a mummy. You can't get blood from a yeah, mummy. Yeah, how does that work? <laughs> I guess it's from the tomb. tomb yes. So, so okay. Somebody's yeah. been bleeding there. All right. Yes. Yeah. There's a, there's a um a thought exercise in there somewhere, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. So I I finally watched uh, La Casa del Terror, which is this um 1960 film where they brought in Lon Chaney, and uh, so, so as usual in these things, you've got this uh doctor who's into brain transplants and things like that what why is it always brain transplants with you that's like a third time mexico brain transplants spain face transplants that's three for three yeah yeah um oh yeah uh, so uh so he he's he's working out the back of a waxwork museum so uh he's trying to make the perfect humans and whatever and uh the imperfect ones end up as exhibits and then he, um, he's about to go off on and uh, gather some of the uh, the uh, mummies of uh, Guadalajara, and, but um, in, instead he reads this news report about a mummy being put on display in, in town, and he can't resist it. And it's, it's of course, it's played by Lon Chaney. And uh, you also find out that this mummy is a werewolf. And um, so, sure, uh, yeah. When <laughs> wait, what? When he revives this. Uh, Mummy, it turns into a werewolf and kills one of his assistants. Now, when okay, you say it out loud, it starts sense. to sound absurd, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, come to think of it, this movie is kind of does silly. Does it turn into a person and then a werewolf, or does it go straight to werewolf? It goes straight from mummy to werewolf. Because like there's no person involved then. Well, there's a dehydrated person. Yes. A mummy wolf. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he okay. st- sticks it in this machine and it makes all these sounds that they nicked off of Forbidden Planet and then <laughs> yeah, comes sure. out and, he, and the moon comes out and he turns into a wolfman. Yeah, no, that makes sense. And, uh, and looks noticeably slimmer than he did when he was a human. Uh, um, probably not as shaky. Yeah. But uh, this, this is a, really a vehicle for this uh, comedian named Tin, Tintan. Who is oh, nice. He's one, yeah, I, I like him, you know. Yeah, he's great. <clears throat> yeah. Even if you don't speak Spanish, you can get 
Yeah. Ten ten movies. Um, ten ten. So uh, yeah, um, yeah. So the assistant Nacho gets killed. He has an assistant named Nacho. I'm not making this up. And um, yeah, there's, there's much chasing around. Um, everyone fancies this uh, woman named uh, uh, Paquita, um, including the Mad Doctor, and uh, so everyone's chasing her around. And, um, she gets carried up and down buildings and things like that. And hmm. Anyway, um, this, the the uh, infamous Jerry Warren got hold of this film and uh, La Momia Azteca and edited them into a film called uh, Face of the Screaming Werewolf. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Let's just splice together two completely different movies. Yes. Uh, and then the last one I saw was uh, Mansion of the Seven Mummies. I've not seen like any mummy movies except uh, the one. So this is uh, this has got Blue Demon in it, and he teams up with uh, another masked wrestler named Super Zan. The thing I love about these movies is you have these guys wearing these brightly coloured luchador masks and ordinary clothes, and they yeah. just they just stroll around, and the, you know the police just give them away all their secrets. I love the well, I can't remember the one, but they go on a date. Uh, Santo and the Blue Demon go yeah. on a, like a double date with two women and they're in like ties yeah. and they're just sitting around the table uh-huh. like it's totally normal <laughs> yeah like the Dark Knight exactly so uh, in this one you've got this woman named Sophia and uh, at the funeral of her father he tells her that um, she's under a curse and she's inherited this uh, this mansion and there's a treasure buried under it, left over from the conquistadors. Oh, nice. And of course, it's got a curse in it because the, her ancestors did a deal with Lucifer. Oh, not so nice. No. And uh, so there's this 300-year-old baron who's uh, been hanging around, and he knows that uh, the uh, you, if you get the treasure, you sell your soul to Satan. And Satan ha- hangs around as well. Oh, well, yeah. Um, because, you know, it's, it's a nice place. There are... Uh, you know, they're out there in uh, Antigua, Guatemala. Oh, very nice. Um, enjoying the sun. And yeah. um, So anyway, um, and in addition to those, she has, she has to deal with the seven mummies. And she has to go through these three trials to get the treasure. And uh, But her, what she's decided is that uh, once she gets the treasure, she's going to use it for reparations for all the people who are wronged by the conquistadors. And thus oh. remove the curse. See, uh, so she needs some backup, and uh, she has a, a boyfriend who's a luchador, but he's he's corrupted straight away by all the treasure, so he's no good. Uh, so uh, they end up with um, Super Zion and Blue Demon uh, turning up and punching the mummies, and it's uh, <laughs> uh, it, there's this uh, pretty cool scene where uh, the second trial she has to go across this rickety bridge across a swamp find this flying skull <laughs> take the take the take this flying skull without looking it in the eyes sure otherwise it hypnotizes her and and bury it and then that's the end that's the second trial but uh satan has hidden all the mummies underneath the swamp so when she gets across the bridge the these mummies arise out of the swamp and go after her. it's a pretty cool scene nice. but uh yeah so that, that, that was fun <clears throat> Um, so lots of mummy movies, basically. Nice. Mummy issues. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we should call, like, we should do an all-mummy episode and call it Mummy Issues. Yeah. 
Um, Jolene, I have to ask you before we finally get around to me, what is that what is that black and white? Because you're going to know this one. <laughs> what is that black and white? Uh, what is the black and white uh, cowboy movie where there's a hired gun comes to town, but it turns out he's a vampire? Uh, Curse of the Undead. That's the one. Okay. Curse of the Undead. Thank you. Ziggy, what have you watched since we yeah, did this last? Yeah, it's my turn. You don't yeah. want to finally get around to you? <laughs> no, no, no. no he's, I, he's, going to nod off to sleep again and uh, let you talk. Wake me up. Yeah. No, no, this when is cool. we get to the important part of the show. <laughs> the important part of the show is when we finally talk about the movie. Uh, um, no, I haven't watched that much. I never really watched that much. Um, but I was Scream. aware. No, I didn't watch Scream. I did send you the trailer for Scream 5, which yes. comes out in January. What do you reckon? It's going to be bad, but it's going to be good at the same time. Um... No, I was so excited watching that trailer. So I'm really excited. Um, and I wasn't sure if they were going to... So there's like a Scream TV show, and it doesn't reference the original movies at all. It has like its own plot that's similar, but like stupid. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's the same, but stupid. <laughs> um, but it has like the some of the original actors and stuff, like the ones that have lived... Um, and the, I can't tell if she's a main character or the Drew Barrymore character that dies in the, the beginning, but there's this, like, younger actress who I think is around my age that's started popping up in a lot of stuff, and I can't remember her name, but I really like her. Um, so I'm excited to see that. I also saw a trailer for something called, like, the Black Telephone or the Black Phone or something. Yes. I have no idea what that is, but it looked scary as shit. I was watching the trailer between, like fluffy youtube videos about like dogs or something like late at night and it was really scary um yeah, and it, it has ethan like hawk yeah i think it's gonna be good it has ethan hawk though who i love so much um so yeah excited about that i guess it just like came up out of nowhere and i was like oh cool um last night i watched ginger snaps which i've been looking to watch forever we were just talking about that mm-hmm. Um, I didn't know what it was about. I just wanted to watch it because mm-hmm. I'd seen like, I'd seen the clip of her walking down a high school hallway, like a boss, because it was with that one and the scene from Jennifer's body and the scene from the craft that all looked the same. Right. Yeah. Um, how'd you like it? I really liked that movie and I don't like werewolf movies that much. I don't really do werewolves. I don't really do mummies. I'm more of a vampire person, personally. I've heard of a werewolf mo- mummy movie recently. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, I can tell you about that. <laughs> you might want to look into that one. Maybe. Um, but I really liked it. It was that main actress. I forget her name, too, but she was also an American Mary in Hannibal. I was just talking about her. I love her. I was like, oh, this is where you were young. Cool. Um, I liked it a lot. And um, the other girl, the other sister, plays Beverly in the original It, which I thought was awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, no, absolutely in love with that main girl. I just, I also have a thing for gingers, so. Well, there you go. <laughs> I was like, you I got, have to watch this movie. You got everything in, in one one handy package. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was it was clever how they did, like, some of the tropes. Um, I was entertained. I'm not going to watch the sequels because I don't want to do that to myself. I liked the first one. I'm good. Um, yeah, I've not watched any of the sequels. <laughs> <laughs> well, and she dies at the the end of the first one, presumably. Oh, oh my God, spoilers. Sorry. I always forget about that. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, 
You can just bleep that out if you want. Nah, let's not let's not bleep anything. She blanks in the end. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> You're right. Um, yeah, so I watched that, and then today it's not really a horror movie, I guess, but I watched Promising Young Woman. Um, oh, that I movie. Heard that's good. It was fantastic. I like. <laughs> yeah, I lost my mind a little bit at the end of that one. Um, I was really excited to see that movie. When I saw the trailer, I thought it was going to be, like, more horror thriller. Um, but it's it's kind of... I think it's rated higher because it has, like, a violent sequence or two. But um, that was really good, and I thought it was a really great, like, comment on, like, rape culture and society and how we view women. Um, and the... The cinematography of it was fantastic. The color scheme was great. The way that shots were framed was beautiful. And Bo Burnham was in it, who I love. <laughs> Bo Burnham makes everything better. Bo um, Burnham? He's a comedian. comedian yeah. He most recently did Inside. It's a Netflix special. It's really depressing, actually. He does musical <laughs> comedy, so it's like songs. It's, it's, He's just a skinny little white boy. Mm -hmm. I'm sure you've seen him around. It's depressing comedy. Yeah. So not comedy. But no, but it... <laughs> <Well>. <laughs> I don't know. Comedy is pretty not funny. funny so. <laughs> okay, I'm just gonna shut up now. <laughs> no, um, yeah, that was really good. I was doing like schoolwork for my upcoming semester and watching that movie, and I kept neglecting my schoolwork to watch that movie. Um, but yeah, I thought it was really great. <clears throat> I think I'm gonna wait, make my parents watch it too. Um, yeah, I think that's all for me. Hmm. Well, I'm continuing on, uh... This better be good. Uh, it's <laughs> not. have been waiting. Better Finally. Be damn good. Yeah. No. When we, uh... When we ultimately get around to me, uh, <laughs> I will have forgotten everything I watched. No, this is not true. Um, since last time I'm... See, I'm down a few movies if I'm gonna try and watch 31 movies. I don't have to watch one a day. I don't have to adhere to any of society's rules you tell them yeah i watched son of frankenstein from 1939 all right phantasm i believe was 1979 mm -hmm. and um curse of the undead now this is the one i had asked jolian about because i watched this on tubi and i seem to remember you mentioned this during our horror westerns didn't you yeah because it's one of the few it's one of the few that... I was going to say, I've never seen a horror western. Yeah, and there's a handful of them. Not a lot. Okay. This one is from 1959, and it... it did it, all the movies in the come out? They do. <laughs> Nobody can commit to a fucking decade, can they? They're just like, oh, I want to almost be the next decade, but not quite. Yeah. That's, that's what these movies are like. Okay. <laughs> anyway, this one is about a... Um, a small town in the old west and this uh there's a feud between uh, where are there never bustling cities in the old you west? know they where's the fucking hovercrafts in these movies <laughs> so um it, what what ends up happening is a hired gun type dude comes to town and a bunch of women seem to be getting um oh how would we say it bitten by vampires but they don't have words like that for it <laughs> and uh there is a feud between some folks who live on one ranch and this really cocky, mean guy who lives on another ranch who has a bunch of hired hands that like to hang out and, and uh, basically a bunch of yes-men. So um, Donald Trump is a cowboy, if you could picture that. <laughs> 
anyway, uh, there's some things that end up happening. I mean, really, the personality is there. Uh, what ends up happening is this this woman has lost her husband and her son, and this hired gun is offering his services, and she's going to hire him. $100, go kill that guy. And the sheriff is trying to talk her out of it, and she hasn't exactly said that's what she's doing. And the preacher is trying to talk her out of it, and she's like, go away, you bother me. And, uh, and so the thing about this movie that really gets me is the way no one can commit to their stance on anything. <laughs> so it's kind of like, oh, you think you're going to come walking into this bar telling me what to do? Well, you know, I might just have to do something about that. Except for I don't kill people, so I'm not going to kill you. <laughs> It's like everything just starts going in a direction and then they, they steer it toward, no, I'm not going to do that thing I just threatened to do. The whole movie is that, which is really funny. But this, uh, this feels like a, like a sort of um, uh, extended Twilight Zone episode. It feels like someone decided to make a movie out of a Twilight Zone episode and make it like almost 90 minutes long. Yeah, it's, it's on Tubi. You should watch it. Yeah, I, I can already picture. He's yeah. got one of the great lips in cinema. Oh yeah, this guy that plays Drake Roby. Uh, yeah, yeah, he's he's got, uh, yeah, he's got quite the pout on him. Yeah. So, uh, anywho, um, aside from that, I watched uh, the movies that made us. They just dropped a bunch of new episodes on Netflix, and it's all about horror movies. And somebody made a meme about this, and it's the. The guy from Parks and Rec uh, with the mustache. Rob Swanson? Yes. Ron. Ron Swanson. Where he says, I know more than you. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like when Netflix drops a bunch of uh, episodes about horror movies and uh, it's him saying, I know more than you. It's that for sure. Because <laughs> they don't tell you anything you didn't already know if you're us. Yeah. So the average people be like, no way. <laughs> That almost didn't get made. Oh, wow, weird. That there happened. Real skeletons and poltergeists. Yeah, it's that kind of thing, you know. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so uh, don't expect your mind to be blown if you're among us. But among uh, us. yeah, if you're among amongst, if you're one of us, don't expect your mind to be blown by it. Uh, and because you have to now, and you know, at least check it out and then get sucked into it. We watched. Squid Game, and it's crazy. It's not just crazy because it's Korean and oh, their culture is so different. It's just crazy. And if you if you have Netflix and you haven't watched it, you should give it a shot. Watch the first episode and see if you can unglue yourself from it. I haven't seen that one yet, but I read about it um, because it's like a commentary on like modern capitalism and society and stuff. Because apparently Korea has like crazy capitalism just like we do but mm -hmm. different i guess i don't know um they, co they, they copied us and said let's make it really crazy though <laughs> sure um but i was reading about how the like captions and the the dubbing the dubbing and the subbing uh make make all the like commentary a little bit softer mm. so where you know things are really blatant and like you know this is bad in the original version when it's translated to English. So somewhere along the line, somebody was like, eh, let's make that not so poignant. Um, the same thing happened with, I think it was called like The Platform or something. It was a Spanish movie. Yeah. Um, and the, the English captions made it a lot less horrific and like 
I don't know, severe, I guess, mm -hmm. which I just think is interesting. It's interesting for, especially like American Netflix, you know, how there's like multiple versions of Netflix, especially for like American Netflix to do that. Right. Um, yeah. It, it's, it's really weird. Like, I don't know if they think we can't handle some things. I just or, don't think they want us to. Or like, if they, it's not that bad. Or if they want to make it more palatable because, uh, you know, we'll all wander off if it doesn't, uh, you know, it's like, you don't need to remake foreign movies. I know? don't think it's for our benefit. Like, um, I, I read part of, like, the Squid Game. There's, like, a like an upper class that like, wear, like, business suits and animal masks or something. I haven't seen it yet, but that's what I've heard. Hmm. And apparently, the, like, their dialogue about the people that are in these games or whatever is, like, really severe and cruel and mm. terrible and then in the english version um it's not so bad and it's more comedic and it's like lighter um again that's just what i've read but i don't think it's for viewer benefit at all i think it's like they don't want us questioning stuff <laughs> <laughs> no critical thinking here they just want us to get in line mm -hmm. well that's it for me um cat people jolian you brought us to this yes or you brought this to us how do we want to say that <laughs> Uh, 1942, Cat People. Uh, do you want to give us a brief synopsis of it, or, or, or a brief summary, rather? So it's a woman from who's uh, from uh, Serbia. Mm -hmm. As uh, she's uh, working as a uh, designer, and she runs into this uh, fellow in a, at a zoo when she's apparently sketching the panther in its cage, and uh, they, he's a uh, He's working in a drafting office at a ship design firm, and uh, they soon fall in love, and you realize pretty soon that uh, she is afraid of becoming sexually aroused because when she does, she believes that she turns into a panther mm. and kills her partner. Um, and she she's from this village where that sort of thing happened. <laughs> uh, anyway, this is at least what she believes. And uh, so even after they got married, it's been a month or so, and uh, he hasn't gotten any. He's been very patient, but uh, him and his co-worker uh, realize that they're in love, and uh, she's she's more of the uh, ordinary um, American not, not girl. Not a cat. <laughs> and uh, non-feline non Femme and um not sex panther uh so uh anyway this uh, arouses the jealousy in his wife and uh cat stalkings begin it turns out that jealousy is what actually turns her into a panther mm -hmm. <laughs> um so logically if sexual arousal turns someone into a murderous panther wouldn't that sort of stop the procreation of that village pretty quickly yeah but, you know, praying mantises survive somehow, so... Uh, yeah, well, that's... Yeah, I guess that's true. Yeah. Yeah, um... As long as there's... Depends on who's getting killed. Yeah, that's true. As long as there's conception before decapitation... Well, that yeah. wouldn't be decapitation, that would be beheading. I think decapitation is when it's by accident, right? Uh, you can take off I someone's head by accident. Well, oh, sure, you <laughs> just swing a sword around... <laughs> Sometimes it's just the nose. <laughs> Sometimes it's the whole head. It's like degrees of murder, I guess. Yeah. It's like, well, it's kind oh, of an man, accident. I didn't mean to take try to explain off. that to the cops. I was just swinging. He I was walked just right swinging. He walked right into it. Yeah. I was an accident. Total accident. I was trying to see how tall he was. I told him to jump. <laughs> or duck. <laughs> duck. Didn't make it. 
Yeah. He said, what? <laughs> you must be at least this tall to have your head cut off. <laughs> so, anyway. Yeah. What are we talking about that? Nobody's head comes off in this movie. No, but Praying Mantis oh, is... Oh, yes. Unlike <laughs> Panthers. Yeah. So, if conception happens, and then the male Praying Mantis is like, Oh, that was real... Go- ah, my head! That's exactly how it happens. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I guess the same thing could happen, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. I imagine. Yeah. So then we just get more panther billies in this village um, in Serbia, and life goes on. Some of them move away. Um, there's no talking about 1942 cat people without talking about Val Luton. Mm-hmm. And uh, Jolien, you're very familiar with Val Luton. Uh, I became familiar with him um, years ago. We have a dog that wants in. Hi. Hello. You made it. It's, yeah, Birdie is here. Um, so we we had uh, we had uh, covered only one movie, I think, that he produced so far, and that was uh, I Walked with the Zombie. Mm, that was the one that followed this one. Right. And uh, here's the thing about his about Val Luton's um, productions, is that. Every frame is is like a beautiful black and white photo. Yeah, this is shot by uh, Nico Musaraka, you'd be familiar with from Film Noir. Mm-hmm. And he basically established the look. Yeah. Yeah, he did this movie called Stranger on the Third Floor with Peter Lorre in it, which yeah. is like some people cite that as the first film noir. But that, that whole look. Yeah. Him and Joe Nowton, basically. Yeah. Um, yeah, so Val Luton was working at RKO. And uh, he was putting... So The Wolfman had come out in 41, big hit. And Universal was coming out with all these Monster Mash things. So uh, uh, they decided to set up their own horror department um, and uh, put him in in charge of it. And they said, uh, there's three things you've got to do. Uh, You've got $150,000 to make a movie. We'll give you the title. And uh, what was the third one? Um, don't fuck up yeah um, I don't remember keep it under 90 minutes <laughs> yeah yeah that's, that's it. it it's got to be about 75 minutes long yeah um, so uh, that, that's what he did but then he had this executive um, called Lou Ostro who wanted the universal kind of monster mo- movie um, you just like stick a monster in it have, have this pulpy title and that's all he wants he just wants to make money yeah so he's like really irritated by Val Luton wanting to make Art movies. Party movies. So uh, Val Luton had his, he brought together his team. So it had him, uh, Nico Musraka, and uh, Jacques Tourneur um, as the director. And, uh, and and they made all these awesome movies. And in, f- in fact, he brought this one in under budget. Uh, this cost $134,000. Wow. 942. And it made $6 million worldwide. Ooh. So a huge hit. It was the it was the hit of the year for RKO, definitely. Now you would say that with numbers like that, you can't argue with the guy's formula. Mm-hmm. But they did continue to argue with him, yeah, didn't so, they? So of his, course. Yeah. His next thing was say, "Well, have this title, and I walk with a zombie. Make something good out of that." And he did. He did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But um, not not super accurate to the voodoo stuff, but it was, I mean, relatively. But yeah, it, it, they did their research in it. Yeah, and then, yeah. What you could find out in in the nineteen forties, I suppose. Yeah. Um, 
uh, The Leopard Man, 1943. Yeah. Now, it's like, <laughs> we, we, we got this whole cat thing going on. Yeah, well, cat people have been this massive hit. So yeah. they wanted to do it again. Let's bring it back around. In fact, that, uh, I, think, I think it was Lou Ostrell wanted, he had this poster made of doing their own kind of House of Dracula where you have the the cat people and, you know, throwing zombies and yeah. whatever else. But there's like, what, three or four movies in between Cat People and the sequel to Cat People. Yeah. Well, which was The Curse of the Cat People, mm-hmm. 1944. Um, they just wanted to go back to the well, didn't they? Yep. They're like, we, we tried some other stuff and uh, let's get some more, some of the Cat People magic. Uh, how is Curse of the Cat People? I didn't get a chance to watch it. And, and you seen it? I watched a long time ago. I started it. It's but all right. I didn't get through it. I don't. Yeah, that, that one that. That one they they said right we want curse the cat people, more cat action. So, uh, but he came back with this fairy tale. Yeah, it was very <laughs> where, suburban. Where like the the woman Ooh. from the first one is a, like a spirit is who's like she was dressed like a fairy godmother. Yeah, and she's like taking care of this little girl, and yeah, there's this spooky right. old house, and it, it gets it gets much more fairy tale than well the first cat people is done as a folk tale, isn't it? Yeah. But uh, yeah, the second one they just go off in a different direction with it. Now, Ziggy, you don't normally watch movies that are this old, do you? I really like black and white movies. Um, Which but is I, a total exception for people your age. <laughs> I just, um, when I when I watch them, I really, I like them because, like, everything matters so much. You know, like, the way that they do the lighting and, you know, what dialogue there is, how things are said. It's very physical, I find, like, black and white movies, there's, like, a physicality to it. Um, and, you know, not to be like, now it's just cars and explosions because there's a possibility to that you know like i still enjoy a lot of movies that are made like presently um but i when i watch older movies i really want to pay attention to them and i have to be in a headspace to like sit down and pay attention to something like when i was watching ginger snaps i was playing like two separate video games like i kept going back and forth <laughs> because like i'd get bored <laughs> so like i yeah i and I think it's just, like, maybe a generational thing that I have to be doing so many things at once. Because I was also, like, texting a friend on, like, an internet app and, like, doing so many different things all at once. Smoking a cigarette, eating a donut, putting on <laughs> some mascara. Yeah. <laughs> walking the dog. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like the 10 million threat. I don't know. Um, but, yeah, I really like black and white movies. I want to watch more of them, especially um, vampire movies. Mm-hmm. Because, like, Nosferatu is, like, my favorite film ever. Um, lovely nice. freaking love that movie that's one, of, that's one of Will's very favorite movies yes and one, well everyone in this room basically <laughs> it's it's pretty high on our lists mm-hmm. um, so I want to watch more I was going to ask y'all for recommendations after the show because yeah. I, I want to watch more of them and this watching this like rekindled that I was like oh yeah because I hadn't watched a black and white movie since my film studies class last year um it's it's pretty amazing to when you when you have a good team like Val Luton had going here, you know, to watch the work of of people who, uh, you know, have assembled to you know not argue with each other about uh, let's just get this piece of shit done. Hmm. It's like no, let's make this really good looking. Mm-hmm. And uh, as someone who did a lot of black and white photography, I can say that I really appreciate when I'm looking at a movie where if you could freeze frame it anywhere you want in cat people you've got a beautiful black and white mm-hmm, photo exactly and i think that that just matters less now because now it's about overall impact or you know general like 
the complexity of aesthetics versus just like bare bones aesthetics, I guess. And a room full of jerks talking about how to make it make money. <laughs> yeah. I mean, honestly, that's so much of movies now. For um, sure. Um, obviously then too. Well, yeah, there was that. I, I th- well, it's only gotten worse, Rising I think, is what jerks. I'm saying. Well, he had, he had the advantage of that there was people who were in high-up positions who appreciated what he was trying to do. Yeah. So he was able to do it for a certain number of years. Yeah, and do you think there was, do you think there was any sort of a, um, a dismissal or a prejudice against him because he was Russian-born and maybe it's like, oh, this foreigner thinks he knows stuff? Yeah, he was, in, he was intellectual. Yeah. Um, it's like you're smart and you're foreign. We're going to be, you know, mean to you. <laughs> yeah. Nerd. That's not the American way, see? <laughs> Being all smart. You're like Billy Wilder and be mean first. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so um, as, the, as the movie goes along, um, I'm wondering the first time I watch this thing, are we going to see like a cat transformation? Yeah. No. I really went into this thinking it was going to be like, um, American you know, in the London? second Harry Potter, <laughs> okay. I think it's the second one where she drinks the potion and turns into a cat person. Mm-hmm. I really thought it was going to look like that. And I was like, this is going to be sick. I want to see some like really early special effects. And then we didn't see it. And when we did, it was a stuffed animal. And when he's like wrestling with it, I was like, that is a stuffed animal. Um, Shake it around. It'll look like he's killing you. Right. <laughs> so I was really surprised and a little bummed that we didn't see more of that. Um, so I just took, like, extra notes on cat motifs instead. Mm-hmm. Um, my dad watched it with me, too, and he was like, we didn't see any cat people. <laughs> I was like, I know. Yeah, that's what this, uh, this executive said. He, he hated it because they had, like, all the rushes and the, the previews and things. Mm-hmm. And, uh, like, the, the early critics on it really didn't like it, like Bosley Crowther and so on. Mm. And, like, the, and, there was, and then there was various uh, uh, groups, like... Um, uh, who were disgusted by it? So it was perverted and oh, so perverted. Um, yeah, and it wasn't until it actually got out to a general audience that it worked. Like uh, they, 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 the first time they showed, like uh, Val Luton went to see it with an mm-hmm. audience, was at this uh, infamously rowdy, responsive uh, theater crowd mm-hmm. in in L.A., and uh, they were all primed for it to be the Wolfman, you know. Oh yeah, turn it to cats on screen and lots of running around and screaming and, and stuff. So and they read, you know, the reviews have been bad. Um, so everyone was like jeering. And then before cat people, they showed this Disney cartoon about cats. So it's like is the worst possible um, way to premiere this in front of a general audience. But once it started, they they loved it. They were like, screaming and really into it. Um, it was so mellow. Yeah, I couldn't imagine screaming well, to that movie. It, it, at, for the time. Oh yeah, that's right. You realize uh, how uh, I, I think everyone, because uh, at this point you're under a code, so uh, I think you're geared to pick up on things not being said straight, especially sex. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, you immediately pick up on this movie what it's actually about. Yes. And. Uh, so I, I think that would have been fascinating. And and this was the first time that a lot of these scares of this type have been done, um, especially in sound, I guess. Uh, but like the, so uh, you get the term bus, busing, 
is from this movie because mm-hmm. you have that build up to a scare and then it turns out to be something else. Right. Um, that, that's from this movie. Um, the uh, the use of sound, like especially when she's in the swimming pool. Oh, that's great. Scene. And it's just sounds going around. Okay, question about that scene: the lighting, the like reflection of the water. Mm-hmm. How on earth did they do that? Yeah. How did that happen? Because it's so obvious and black and white, and that seems like such a subtle thing that's like hard to get anyway. How mm. did they do that? I have no idea. Yeah, he, he uses um, in several points of the movie. He's like ba- bouncing light off of surfaces at an angle, so he's catching bits of texture and walls or or the the highlights coming off water okay and then and, he, and he's able to combine that with deep deep dark because mm-hmm. it just seems so lights. like it was such a severe like color thing and i guess black and white always is but it was like there's no gray it was like where's the yeah, gray yeah yeah <laughs> mm-hmm. i don't know i just didn't expect that from black and white because you know they do a lot of shadows and spotlights and i was like yeah that's all black and white stuff but then it was like water ripples on the ceiling i was like mm-hmm. hang on a minute yeah that's they a do new one. yeah that's how good they are yeah that scene is especially beautiful isn't it mm-hmm. yeah that that um that's a sort of the sort of a val luton cameo in there because um when you see a shadow move within the shadows that's val luton putting his hand in front of the camera oh how cool in front of the lighting anyway um so yeah, this is the movie where a lot of these scares are done for the first time, and it was also uh, really wrapped up in sexuality, which was, you know, um, ahead of what you could do at that time. Um, there's sort of um, implications about various, very dark and perverted things going on, mm-hmm. uh, which you you couldn't say out loud on. Pretty pretty dodgy nowadays. But yeah, um, uh, yeah it, and and also um, it works on. Uh, there's a lot of levels going on. So even if you're not reading things consciously, there's there's various layers you can read into it. Like uh, on top, you got Wolfman's story. Mm-hmm. Um, but then it's it's all a, it's about repressed desire. What kind of repressed desire? Where you've got the uh, her fear of uh, sexual arousal. Um, monsters being unleashed by sexual desire you've also got um the main writer on this um my stomach is going crazy sorry to interrupt you i just my stomach decided to be really loud for a second proceed (laughs) i don't think i don't think we would have noticed if you didn't say something okay well i I was like very aware of it okay we can skip over that no just just angry your mic down (laughs) um to the the main writer on this uh do it bodine he was gay and you know 942 yeah very difficult Mm-hmm. Um, so if you if you watch it again and you think uh, her being having to repress her own sexuality throughout the movie, um, that's another layer to it. Um, there's a there's, there's the idea of a marriage breaking up. Um, you know, there's not going to be a happy ending from this. Right. Um, you have the idea of um, the happy smug American. This is 1942. Remember, mm-hmm. happy smug Americans who know it all. Right. Um, confronted with this woman from the old country, and uh, they're not able to help her. Right. Uh, and they just don't get how dark things are. Um, and you have, uh, you also have this um, from the start. You you're in this world where what we think of as irrational is what the world is actually like. And you have all these these happy people going about their business, and uh, you know even in 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 day scenes it's there's there's so much darkness and shadows yeah. going on and 
they're vaguely aware that something else is going on. That's what the real world is like, and they have no idea how how dark things are. So uh, yeah, it, there's also I, like a family trauma aspect to it because her yes. sister shows up and then she talks about the like history of whatever curse or comes from like her mother and like her family village situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, did anyone else? I uh, think the first time they watched this, that uh, Simone, Simon, uh, I don't know if that's how she pronounces her, Simones and her Simons, or is it Simone? Simone, Simone. Simone, Simone. Um, that she kind of looks cat-like. Mm-hmm. She had to been cast because of her looks, yeah. partially, right? Mm-hmm. Like, uh, obviously she can act, but... She um, also sounded a lot like the main, the, the mom cat in Aristocats. <laughs> <laughs> she sounds a lot like her, and that obviously, the timeline doesn't quite match up, but I was yeah, like, ah, I see what you've done there. Where yes. they got that from. I think mm. so. Well, because she doesn't like, I don't know if there's like a Serbian accent, but when she started talking, I was like, she just has a 1940s voice. I was like, that's, where is she supposed to be from? Well, you know, the men back then all sort of talked like this. <laughs> yeah, I don't it was know. so fun. What the hell was that about? Every time people were talking, I got so excited. Yeah. I freaking love the 1940s voices. Now see here, you sap. <laughs> You're not going to make a monkey out of me. <laughs> Everything's just so exciting when you say it like that. Yeah, isn't it? Like, And the news was all reported that way back in the day, too, <laughs> like on the newsreels. Mm-hmm. I was like, you took a lot of notes during this? I did. Like in between playing video games and... No, I actually sat down and I watched this. Oh, with, cool, with, cool, cool, cool. With my gym with Dad. Yes. Um, yeah. And, and he's impatiently waiting for cat transformations and not yeah. getting them. <laughs> well, it was funny um, because I asked if he was going to watch it with me because I needed the like living room TV to watch it. And right. they have a TV in their room and he just never left. And I was like, oh, okay. All right. We're watching cat people. Um and I think he liked it. We were talking about it in the car. I was like, what'd you think of it? And he had a couple notes. He was like, a couple things could have been better. But overall, he really liked the cinematography of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's very much how I feel. Like, with a, like a good, like, um, I took a film studies class, right? And we watched a lot of black and white movies. And a lot of them I really enjoyed watching. And then once I was done, I was like, oh, I guess there was, like, plot stuff and things. But I just liked looking at it. And I think that's kind of where both of us fell a bit. Um, yeah, it's a good movie if it can make you kind of forget about the plot. <laughs> it's like, look at all this fantastic stuff. No, and there were like a lot of good points and notes and things. And I wasn't a huge fan of the plot as a whole. Heard like the, the, the cat person personification coming out because of like jealousy of the other woman. I was like, oh, I don't like that very much, but okay. Different kind of passion. Yeah. Um, it's just not what I was expecting, I guess. Um, I totally forgot what your original question for me was. You took a lot of notes. I did. What were some of them? Share them, please. Um, my favorite part was the when they're the, it's like mini chase scene when they're both walking on the street and it's dark. Yes. That was fantastic. Yes. Um, I loved that. I think before that she kills the bird like on accident and yeah. cries about it or whatever. She like mourns the bird, um, but her killing the bird I thought was awesome because I don't know I just really liked how that played out. And then directly after that, I think when they're walking in that like mini chase scene, the other woman, I forget her name, she has feathers in her hat. And I was like, oh, 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 look at that. Mm -hmm. I tried to pick up on a lot of the the cat imagery um, where that popped up and also birds. Dad and I were confused by the clawfoot tub because there are like mainly two types of clawfoot tub and one of them is like a cat 
animal paw and the other one's a claw. Like, like a an bird eagle claw. Eagle yeah. claw, yeah. And so she's crying in the bathtub and it's like a bird claw and um it just didn't like I thought it was I don't know, I just appreciated that it was there. Dad thought that the cat or the the bird claw was like a predatory thing or like a like a dominance thing, so he thought that maybe it would would have made more sense if that were there and she were crying in the tub uh, because she suspected he was having an affair, which wasn't the context of it, even though that's what was happening. Um, yeah, I don't know. I tried. I just I tried to pay attention to a lot of like the small things that came up. Uh, like, okay, and you can tell me if this means anything or I'm just I just like numbers, but when they're walking on the street. Um, the other woman, again, forget her name, she gets on a bus, and then, uh, what's her face, main girl, gets in a cab, and then that happens again, and then at the end, we see the main girl get on a bus, and then her husband and the other woman are like, let's call a cab. I was like, that's weird. So maybe that's just like a filming logistics thing, and they had a bus for a certain amount of time. Hmm. But I was like, that's weird that they... Well, and then when they get on the bus slash cab, they go opposite directions. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I don't know. That seems weird to come up more than once. So I wrote that down. Um, but yeah, I was talking to Dad about it. He was like, maybe you're just reading into things. And I was like, okay. Maybe I'm just seeing stuff. I don't know if that's significant at all. I don't think so. I and mean, they probably would have taken buses more because cars were harder to get at the time. And there were fewer weirdos on buses back then. <laughs> no. There were fewer weirdos to go around. No. There were the same amount of weirdos. You think... I mean, per, there were fewer people. Per capita, there were the same amount of weirdos, you're yeah. saying? Okay. Yeah. So, like, 10% or 15% of the population is just bonkers? Yeah. yeah. Just easily 15% of the population is nuts. Yeah. <laughs> But I, I saw another movie from around this time recently, and they were talking about how you know, how it's difficult to get cars because of the materials shortage. Oh yeah, for the uh, World War Two uh, mm-hmm. efforts, yeah, yeah. There's a lot going on, uh, you know, things you wouldn't think about, but it's like, oh, that's an ingredient for gunpowder. It's like, oh, that's the that's the uh, metal they use to jacket these bullets. Mm-hmm. You know, there's all that stuff. All the props in the grocery store and double indemnity had to be protected because the war was going on. Oh, no, really? And they had people stealing Uh. canned vegetables and whatnot from the prop room. That's weird. When when this movie was made so cheaply, they had to go with bits of sets and things from other films and... They, you know, they probably wouldn't have the luxury of choosing what kind of bath they were going to use. They just thought, oh, it's got a claw. We'll, we'll use that. Yeah. Um, they couldn't specifically build it for the movie. Like the staircase is out of uh, Magnificent Ambersons. Oh, okay. The okay. interior of her apartment house confused the crap out of me. Mm-hmm. Like, I could not figure out what was where. It yes. was like Malignant, where you look and the house is bigger on the inside yeah. than it clearly was on the they outside. They kind of lampshade it, because the first time they go in, he says, oh... Uh, it always surprises me what you see in a brownstone or some, yeah, something, something like, like that. that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's because it's from a this big Orson Welles movie. Well, that's one of the things that made the, um, the executives nervous because they'd already had this extravagant expenditure on RKO movies because of Orson Welles, which ended disastrously. And then, uh, and then Val Luton comes along and he's being arty as well, and they're kind of Ooh, yeah. afraid of that. King Kong was an RKO picture, wasn't uh-huh. it? Yeah. 
I kind of noticed, you know, with that in mind, it's like, okay, RKO made King Kong, and this kind of has one of those zinger lines at the end of it, you know, like, "'Twas beauty killed the beast." Mm -hmm. This one is, uh, she never lied to us. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, because she's a a dead panther. Yeah. (laughs) That was one of Van Luton's ideas, you know, in most werewolf movies. You have the wolf turn back into a human, but he wanted her true self to come out and be the cat. Yeah, yes. that was a cool ending, though. Yeah, we yeah we ended up with uh, the actual fight and the panther death as foretold by her drawings and you know other conversations. Um, yeah, he, he'd um, he'd written you know he was a novelist and a magazine writer before going to pro- producing. Um, he'd done a story for Weird Tales. Um, about uh, you know he, he got got lots of folk tales from he was born in Yalta so he got all oh, these Russian okay. folk tales and uh, especially from his his I think it's his aunt um, but he he wrote this uh, short story about uh, the Bagita which is this um, uh, uh, virgins who had been killed by men and uh, become weir panthers and. Uh, took their revenge on, oh, on, on the local men. Where and did the were-panther trope come from? Because <laughs> the first time I saw it was in True Blood, and I was like, this is ridiculous. But now it seems like it's a legit thing. Uh, well, there's uh, shape-changing stories are worldwide, so in some countries it's tigers or, you know, whatever the predominant predator Anywhere is. where there's a surplus of panthers. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, so he did the story, and the only way to defeat the were-woman was for a virgin boy who can resist her charms to kill her. Um, well, that ain't going to happen. Yeah. Well, what happens in his story is that they find the 16-year-old boy in the village and they send him out and uh, he he figures out where the, the panther's going to turn up for a drink from the river and lies in wait and uh, kills it, uh, realises it's just a panther and uh, realizes that his village has kept this story going for a long time about, you know, virgins turning into werewolves and weird panthers. Um, and uh, he, so he has two choices. Does he uh, prove everyone wrong and uh, destroy their religion and folk beliefs? Or does he bring back a dead panther and say, yeah, I killed the weird panther and he's a big hero. The story keeps going. Hmm. It perpetuates. Yes. Now, this is the time in the show I like to ask everyone, um, do you recommend this? Will, do you recommend this movie? Yes. Uh, now, as as a piece of wonderful cinema, obviously, but what about for horror fans? Do you think it's going to be a tough sell? Depends on the horror fan. I guess so. Like If you appreciate art, maybe it's more of a... Yeah, or if you appreciate where horror tropes come from right uh you know history of horror i guess you might be into this but if you're looking for you know malignant too you're not gonna find it here i don't think anybody's looking for malignant too not yet (laughs) i'm waiting for it um i had had this whole thing planned of uh kind of discussing uh candy man the writing in candy man and its unfocused approach to movie making compared to this movie, which mm. had a very tight script and everything 
led to something else. Right. Yeah, they only talked about what was going on. Yeah. And how, you know, I guess you could go either way. And you're in and out in 73 minutes. Exactly. Get it in. Done. 90 minutes or less. Yeah. We got a poster for you and a title. <laughs> yep. Poster's ready to roll. <laughs> Doesn't matter what you think. This is uh, what it uh, is going to be represented by. Yeah. That's kind of <laughs> crazy if you think about it. Um, Ziggy, what about you? Would I recommend this? Yeah. Um, yeah. I think it was a really pretty movie. Um, I think it was done well. I think it had the horror formula down pretty well. Like, the order of events, I was like, ooh, if this were done today, we'd have, like, a solid, like, spooky movie. Yeah, this movie's um, in on inventing the stuff. Right. Yeah, which is so, cool, right? Yeah, I was able to, like, I don't know. I obviously wasn't like, this is the origin. I was just like, oh, it, it's there. Cool. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I'd recommend it. Um, it's it's not the most exciting watch. I was really waiting for cat people, and I was waiting for some like I really was expecting like a werewolf movie, but with a Serbian woman and cats. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it's a little slow, but I I liked it and I'd recommend it. Yeah. Yeah, Julian, what about you? Yeah, definitely. I'm, I'm, I think the first time I saw it when I was a kid, I was expecting the same thing. And yeah, exactly. I've, I've come to appreciate it, knowing that's not going to happen. Then you then you see. You know what they, the, what they're trying to do. Mm-hmm. I'd love to like take a couple of weeks and then watch it again and be like, oh, yeah. okay. And it, it's um, especially the Blu-ray edition is beautiful, um, and it's also uh, it, you know it starts so many things. It's probably the first modern horror movie as opposed to being a middle European vague time. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, this is like definitely it's definitely an early one. This is not like upper class inheritance people messing around in Europe. It's yeah, you know, this is middle class, ordinary Americans in in a modern town, modern dress with jobs. Yeah, modern jobs fighting some sort of folk evil. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. So I think it's essential if you're into horror history. Oh, definitely. Yeah, I had when I saw this. Probably 13 or 14. Oh, I was so disappointed. Yeah. No cat people. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think what you said is right. If you're into, like, horror history, totally watch it. If you're looking for, mm-hmm. like, a horror flick, nah. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And and I recommend it for those same, you know, the same reasons that this this is, uh, you know, some of, the, some of the things we're used to. This is some of the starting points of those things. And, uh, and just beautifully lit, beautifully filmed. And... I know some people can't hang with a black and white movie, but they really should get over it and watch some old black and white movies and enjoy them. Um, Gorehounds clearly aren't going to dig this, uh, and I can't I can't tell them stuff that's going to make them enjoy it. Yeah, Gorehounds, you're not going to go past 1960, right? Nothing earlier because that's when it started, really. Isn't yeah, yeah, yeah. Your yeah, your trip back in time will come to a halt somewhere. Yeah, in the early 60s. Um. But yeah, uh, this this one's uh, definitely a recommend for me as well, and I'd say you know know what you're in for when you go to watch something like this. You know, don't expect uh, cat people, Harry Potter, <laughs> <laughs> Harry Potter cat people. <laughs> don't expect panther billies from uh, Bon Ton. Anyway, um, anything else before we get out of here? Um, so next week we're going to talk about some Sinisters. Yes, I need to find where we stream them, but there's there's two, and they were on Netflix, so we'll see. Well, two yeah, is on Netflix. The first one's behind, okay. a, behind a paywall. The first one is on Showtime. Yeah, Showtime has it. Okay. 
unless you have Showtime, then maybe you ain't watching that. <laughs> um, but uh, we'll, I have backups in case we can't get them. Okay, cool. Well, uh, we'll we'll talk about uh, some sinisters next week. And um, as for now, listeners, thank you for listening. Stay off the mall.